Hey everyone, welcome to Free Kick, the AFLW podcast. I'm Will, and I'm here with my co-host Liam. Good day, everybody. And today we are talking through the St Kilda Saints in our 18 teams in 18 days series. Very excited for this one, Liam. Do you want to give us a bit of an overview of the St Kilda Saints? Uh, yeah, so St Kilda uh, have been in the comp since 2020. They're coached by Nick Del Santo, former AFL M player and best and fairest, and then they've really struggled to nail down some consistent AFLW form. They've finished mid to bottom table in the entirety of their three-year existence. And last year, they finished 13th after only winning two games. Yeah, they've struggled a bit throughout the throughout the competition, and they've, they've got some really promising players as well. So they're hopeful that they can really build on that in this upcoming season. And to talk us through a bit of that, we've got a very special guest. We do. We've got Tani White, who not only was a big riser last year, she was super fantasy relevant, having transitioned from a defender into permanent mid, and also just an excellent person to interview. Absolutely. And she was uh, one of Mel's superstars last year, started with her, and I think might have even held her throughout the entire year. I, th- I think she might have traded her out at the end, but she was also a fantasy superstar because she nailed down like an average of about 80 and then had three games in a row where it was averages only. Uh, yes, that's right. But yeah, still still had a really fantastic year, breakout year last year. So let's get into that interview. We're very lucky today on our Sakilda Breakdown to have Tani White on board. Tani, thanks so much for coming on. Thank you all for having me. We want to hear about your journey to the AFLW. What's it been like? Because we know from doing a bit of research beforehand that you came through a pretty rough injury journey before a bit of a breakout year last year. Yeah, you you hit the nail on the head there. Um, I did my first ACL when I was 17. So originally I'm from Queensland. So I did it when I was playing up there. But when I came down to St Kilda, it was the fourth game in and decided to snap the other ligament um, in my knee. So it's a pretty rocky start, but I think all in all, I'm really just glad that I was in the AFLW program while I did that second one. I had the best of the best support around me, Ben Frith as the SNC and physios as well. So, yeah, I couldn't have been more loved at that time. Yeah, as you say, if you're from Queensland. Was it, was it a big decision to make the move down to Victoria or did you just want to be part of that football culture down uh, in Victoria? I've been playing football since I was nine years old and I just had this dream in my head since I was nine that I was going to move to Melbourne and play football. And I had no idea that the AFLW would ever start. And I just, I just had this wild dream and I just stuck with it for years and years. And so when I was probably 17, 18, my draft year, telling my parents that, you know, I'm actually going to Melbourne this year is, was pretty hard. It was a big time coming, but all in all, it's been worth it. I just really wanted to be a part of the football and the culture down in, in here in Victoria. Yeah, well, it's, it's fantastic to hear that you can really live your dream now. And I got to say, congratulations on an exceptional season six. Despite the, the rocky start with the, the ACL injuries, you really did have a, a fantastic start to this year, I suppose, now with the second season. Uh, <laughs> Are you really happy to be getting all that midfield time and really hitting your straps? Yeah, definitely. Um, I've played midfield most of my life, coming up through juniors and youth and then into the women's league as well. Uh, when I came back from my first ACL, they thought, or well, Craig Stasevich was a Brisbane Lions coach, 
thought it'd be best to try me on the halfback line since I'd be running forward and not kind of in that midfield change of direction where it's short and sharp. So he was really trying to protect me with that. But I'm loving the midfield at the moment. I just, I can't get enough of it. It's it's kind of just me as a person, just in and under, you know, get the ball out to my teammates if I can and defend if we need, yeah. Yeah, look, definitely watching you play, it's uh, clear your passion for the contest is uh, pretty undeniable. Love a good love a good tackle, which you didn't need to know this beforehand, is great for fantasy as well. So your moving to the midfield was uh, very helpful. In terms of your move to the midfield, what's it been like? Obviously, last year, there were a few ins and outs from the St Kilda midfield. What was it like having some players leave, but then also someone like Attila Lucas Rod really step up? What was the vibe like for season six? Yeah, the vibe was kind of, it was like a little bit of a roller coaster the entire season, to be honest. But we kept the vibe pretty high the entire way, no matter what was thrown at us. You know, we had early on Georgia Patrikios go on the inactive list, which was pretty hard for our midfield. And then Rosie Dillon coming back from rehab. So it was Liv Vesely. And then Tilly and I got our opportunities to really step up as well. And a lot of other young girls got to go through there as well. So it was kind of the way I like to think of it is, you know, one door closes, another one opens. So, yeah, Tilly's one of my best friends. So I'm really fortunate that that door opened for her. Um, And hopefully it's kind of opening for me as well, yeah. Fantastic breakout year last season for for Tilly in in the Saints midfield, unfortunately now at Hawthorne. Has anyone caught your eye this preseason to fill that void that Tilly so well filled herself? I, I reckon we're going to trial Nick Zenos through there, just depending on who's coming back and when in terms of rehab. But, yeah, I reckon Nick Zenos, once she kind of gets the hang of it, she'll be a, a star in the midfield or any position she goes in, really. Just that person that can defend so easily but also break out and burst through stoppages, um, which is exactly what we need, take everyone on. So, yeah, she can really hurt the opposition, yeah. Yeah, she's a, a really talented player, Nikki Zenos, former first-round draft pick, and she was actually a leading goal kicker last season with uh, yeah. his goals, playing a lot through that midfield. So, yeah, if she can lift her game in the midfield, that's going to be a, a bonus for the Saints. You did talk a bit about Georgia Patrikios. Is is she expected to be slotting straight back into the round one lineup? I'm not too sure at the moment. I haven't heard anything. Like, she's she hasn't been fully training yet. We've just, like, taken a cautious step-by-step in just from a body perspective just so she doesn't get injured at all because that's the last thing we'd really want so she's just kind of slowly chipping away and getting back into it she's looking extremely fit and we had a little bit of a match sim last Friday night and she was able to participate in a little bit of that and she looked as smooth as ever so hopefully she can but if not then as one door opens another one another one opens as I say yeah (laughs) You obviously talk a bit about load management there and kind of one thing that we're hearing from a lot of the different player interviews we're doing is load management with two seasons in one year. Just coming from two AFLW seasons, I'm sure that's going to be quite difficult. But then obviously you've got Hannah Stewart joining from the the very, very good VFLW side. How is St Kilda and the club generally managing that load on such a short turnaround? Han's an exceptional player and she's... Kind of always has, always has been, to be honest. And I'm actually really excited that she's been able to get that run, a call up this year as well. But um, she was able to take a, oh, a bit over a week off after the VFL grand final just to kind of 
reset mentally and physically. And then she's just same as Georgia, really, just slowly participating um, in drills. I think she is fully training at the moment, but wasn't from the get-go. We need the players. We always think about longevity. The season, even though it's only 10 games, it is short, but it also is quite long just because of our list size. We only got 30, but if things don't go our way, you know, those players can go down real quick. So we need to make sure everyone's fit and healthy, both mentally and physically. Yeah, you, you mentioned that quite a few players just with the load management have been sort of chopping in and out of, of the preseason. Has that been quite a, a strange thing for the playing group to deal with? Uh, not really, because we're all kind of in the same boat. Like I've had a training off here and there just because the two seasons are one and then full-time work as well. It's just a lot on our body. And for me, especially, like it's more mentally as well. So I reckon everyone's really, really accepting and embracing it because it's like, it's more, we're all in this together. And that goes for anyone in the AFLW, any team, like they'd all be struggling as well. It's kind of just, let's get through it all together to make sure that we're on the better path, you know, for the next few years to come going into full-time. Speaking specifically about the the full-time work, in terms of a specific player, we know um, Bianca Jacobson's a, a full-time policewoman as well. She had an outstanding season last year, winning your best and fairest off halfback. It, it's just incredible to, to think that a lot of the players are, are juggling some really tough jobs outside of football, but still managing to perform so well on the field. It is. It's, it's actually crazy. And like I've known Beach for a few years. She's been at the club for a few years now. And you can just see some days she's just absolutely exhausted, but gives it her all on the track and you know it goes to show she preaches all about meditation and getting your mind right because football is we would say it's more mental than physical like the physical side is actually quite easy you do the gym you do the running and everything else kind of falls into place but it's all about taking care of your mind and she's she preaches that so that's why I think she was able to get that BNF and just take her game to the next level this year because she looked after her mind as well, yeah. In terms of other players, you, we've seen a bit of outside run lost in the form of Kate McCarthy and Kat Phillips who have gone to some of the expansion clubs, but you've managed to pick up Irish winger Grace Kelly from from West Coast, which is quite exciting. How she fitted into the club and do you see her filling those wing roles? Yeah, definitely. Grace is an amazing person. Um, I've got so much time for her. We caught up the other week for our, um, our first ever coffee and that was awesome. So I reckon Grace will be a really good person for the team. And, uh, you know, as you said, that outside run, especially, um, we could really use her and damage the oppo that way. Hopefully she can come, come back. She's just managing a bit of an injury at the moment, but I reckon she'll be ready for round one and ready to go. She's loving it. Just the smile on her face every single time it's, you can tell it's very genuine, so kind of just warms my heart, yeah. Fantastic. You guys picked up Janome Anderson in the draft. What have you seen from her in the kind of few weeks of preseason? Is she someone that's going to be featuring the side this year? Uh, Jay is a freak of an AFL player. She is absolutely outstanding, and um, hopefully she can play. I'm not too sure on the rules at the moment just with the AFLPA around because she is 17 still in school and all that. But I, I reckon if the green light's there, then she'll, she'll definitely get her call up this year. She's 
the one thing that I've noticed about her is just her leadership already in drills, pulling everyone in and saying what she thinks and how she felt straight away and everyone responding and respecting her to the utmost. Uh, it's just, yeah, it's phenomenal. It's completely blown me away, to be honest, the way it's she handles herself. 17. Yeah, it is. And it, she's like that at 17. It just, you never know where she could be when she's a lot older. She's just got the world at her feet, yeah. Yeah, and we've seen some of her highlights from her draft year, and she just seems like an absolutely electric player. So yeah. hopefully we do get to see her early on, but I guess we'll see. She's obviously quite a talented young forward. Last season, kicking goals was probably one of the biggest struggles for the Saints, but you've got quite a few good options up there. The one I wanted to talk to you about first is Caitlin Greiser, the G-Train. Mm-hmm. Uh, AFLW leading goal kicker in her debut year. Struggled a bit for impact last season. How she's going this year, and is she primed for a big, I suppose, second half of this year? Yeah, G-Train's killing it at the moment. I, she slotted in really nicely to our forward line and that was probably quite noticeable in the first year and then obviously quite hard to back up at such a young age the second year and I guess she kind of found found a lot about herself through that as well. You know, she's become a really, really resilient person and athlete as well and yeah, I'm really proud to see the growth, the step growth she's had in the last few years actually. She'll complement Kate Shearlaw really nicely in the forward line and then a few smalls around them, yeah. She's ready for a big year. Yeah, fantastic. And you've also recruited a bit of experience in uh, Nikki Stevens coming over from, from Carlton. How she fit in with the group and will she be playing that, uh, that small forward role? Yeah, I reckon she'll be playing. Oh, she's only a little bit taller than me, but she can play a bit of a hybrid, to be honest. She can play a small forward and also a tall one. It just depends um, on what we need at the time and who we're versing. But Nick has slotted in like a glove since day one, you know, and I think she'll be, she'll be really damaging with their left foot. The oppo won't really know it. It just brings a different kind of element to our game and also just to what, what we're trying to aim towards as a team, yeah. Yeah, fantastic. And she's a really crafty forward, kicked seven goals last season, so that's a, a really valuable addition to, to the forward line. Yeah, definitely. So one person I do want to talk about, and Liam's going to laugh a bit at this one, is Leah Cutting uh, in the ruck. She was a yes. bit of a hero for us here at Free Kick because last year Liam had Leah Cutting as his ruck final round, and she got a hit out in the final minute of round 10, to give Liam a third place finish by one point. <laughs> tap is worth one point, and she got a tap in the Adelaide game in the last quarter, last minute, which meant that I managed to uh, to come third. So a bit of a cult hero. Unfortunately, <laughs> yeah. she won't be playing this year. Uh, you've obviously picked up a previous All-Australian in Erin McKinnon. How is she going as a ruck, but then also how is she fitting in with the mid-group and what's it like working with her? She is absolutely amazing to work with. Like straight away when we were doing our midfield drills the other night, it was, where do you want it? You know, you tell me where you're going. Use your voice the entire time. Like she's giving the instructions and directions on what to do. And so I think just for her, like her leadership has just been outstanding. Very straight to the point about what she wants and demands from us small mids just to get the job done at the time. And so hopefully this year we're a lot stronger as a midfield and then as a whole as well. So as a person, she's slotted in again, like a glove. I feel like we've welcomed everyone in with open arms and I reckon she's really loving her time at Saints. Yeah. 
And you briefly touched on it there, but being one of the, the premier tap rucks in the competition, has that sort of changed the way that you're working as a midfield group compared to previous seasons? Yeah, definitely. Um, oh, like nothing, nothing on against um, our old rucks, but we're kind of used to defending first and sharking off our opponent's um, ruck and where they'd hit it. Uh, but this year we're looking toward being more attacking and it's kind of just a different look to us as well. Like we're not quite used to that yet. So that's why we're doing a lot of training, you know, with attack. We know how to defend pretty well. So, yeah, it's changed our whole dynamic. But I, I reckon it's it's doing us a lot of favours, definitely. Yeah, I can imagine that the running patterns when you've actually got a tap ruck and are very, very different than when you're trying to kind of be on the back foot. It's going to take a little bit to get used to. But, again, kind of from a possessions and fantasy perspective, it's kind of always better to be having first possession and kind of getting the ball as often as you can. Yeah, definitely. I completely agree with you. Just lastly, one player who we haven't really touched on but was part of that really good young midfield core was Tiana Smith. Fortunately, did an ACL. Uh, how's her recovery tracking and are we expecting to see her possibly late in the season or is she more uh, a 2023 prospect? Definitely later on this season, for sure. I think she's around nine or ten months post-op and the way she looks at training is just unreal. She looks so fit and strong, both as an athlete and person. She just looks mentally so hungry and ready for that first contest. Yeah, I think you'll definitely be seeing her this season. She's killing it with her rehab. She's just always been a bit of a head down, bum up girl and just get the work done. I'm so proud of her, to be honest, with the way she's handled it. It's a really lonely kind of rehab even though you've got so many people and support staff around you, it's pretty lonely. Just the way she's handled it and gone about it, quite exceptional and shows a lot towards her character. You can, someone who can uh, comment on that, having been through that process a couple of times. <laughs> Twice, yes. It is. It's very lonely. Um, it is very hard, but you just kind of have to rely on your family and the people who's closest to you. You know, it's, it's kind of you just got to learn to be quite vulnerable at times just so you can get yourself through the rehab because it is long it is very hard and lonely so yeah she's done really well though that's all the questions that we've got kind of so far but one thing we've liked to ask everyone that we've had on so far is if you could name one player who's to watch out for this season season for a bigger role or a bigger impact who would it be at the saints Hmm. i've got a few in mind to be honest the more the merrier to be honest (laughs) I reckon Ella Friend in the back line, the way she is a bit of a shining light with our team um, in some areas last year in the back line, like she really played a key role in defence, but I reckon she'll take her game to the next level. Another one, Hannah Priest, she'll be getting a run through the midfield as well and, you know, she can run all day. That was, was that a self-appointed role? <laughs> <laughs> maybe but she's just she's a bit of a freak athlete and she's just kind of come out of nowhere and just taken the team by lead and in her stride so I, I reckon she's another one and probably down forward I'd say Nick Stevens she's a really exciting forward and even though it's her first time at Saints you know she'll be electric for us yeah brilliant stuff well thank you so much for coming on the show looking forward to, to seeing you out on the field and hopefully the Saints have a great season thank you thanks so much for having me Fantastic interview there from Tani. Really well spoken. So what were your key takeaways from that, Liam? Georgia, Georgia, Georgia. Not going to be in the round one team. 
Yeah, that's that's a really big bit there because she was looking like an absolute lock at M- M2. She was, playing. she was someone that when we were looking through the players to come into our teams last year, would have been candidate, super consistent fantasy scorer, racks up the pill like it's going out of fashion and just is everywhere. But she was someone that as a result with a 30% discount was going to be perfect to bring into our teams. But now that doesn't sound like she's going to be in the round one team, might be an upgrade target only. Absolutely. Because, yeah, she averaged 90 in uh, the 2021 season, which is absolute premium quality. So at an average of 60, super value. But, yeah, if she's not playing round one, really hard to, to cough up for that, really. Thinking about my side going into round one, I'd almost pegged her in as like a guaranteed M2. And it was really going to drive the rest of the structure of my midfield. And as a result, probably the rest of the structure of my team. But now that she's not going to be there, I have to rethink everything. I think it also makes you rethink that even if she does make it in round one, she sounds a bit undone, which means that maybe that ceiling might not be there. But yeah, it's going to be super interesting to see how we uh, deal with that one in season seven. And I guess my key takeaway from it as well was the little tidbit that uh, Hannah Priest might be getting some more midfield time. Look, she sounds like the kind of Webster from last year, someone who played pretty consistently as a defender and then just gets thrown straight into the midfield. If that's the case, she's someone that we have to consider as potentially a D2, uh, depending on what you're considering doing with Ruby Slashow, if you're going to take her as your D1, she could potentially be a D1 anyway, in the same way that we had Pretty much everybody had Emma Swanson last year as their first defender in their sides. Hannah Priest looks like 70s average, and that is top of the line. Yeah, she averaged 60 last last season, and she was listed as a mid-only, which was something that meant that she wasn't really relevant last season, but she was named every single game on the halfback flank, will almost guaranteed be a defender this season. So she really does sit in that. Even if she does just put out another 60, that's... Still really, really good for a defender. Hannah Priest is someone that if she had been in the defence last year, we probably would have been talking about her the entire time, just as a really consistent average player that sits in the top six defenders. But now that it sounds like she'll be listed as a defender and then playing in the midfield, it's just going to be perfect, that value pick that you need to have. Yeah, for sure. So that little bit of information there, we might go line by line. Defenders, we've talked Hannah Priest. Is there anyone else in that back line that you'd be interested in, Liam? I think the only other potential player I'd consider is Bianca Jacobson. She's someone that looks, again, pretty consistent. The reason why you'd want to consider St Kilda defenders in particular is they're not a particularly strong team often have large scores kicked against them. The ball is down in defence a lot. That's the kind of ideal player you want to have. Someone who's going to be in defence is seen as someone that they want to have the ball in their hands trying to get it out of defence. Perfect position role in a side that's not particularly amazing. Bianca Jacobson was super consistent last season. She started the year with a a poor game of 29, but after that did not drop, drop below 55. So that's... Some really good consistency. I sort of likened her a bit to, to Gab Pound, where she's that player who's getting the marks and getting the kicks across that half-back line. Probably doesn't have a huge ceiling, only a high score of 77. But if you're looking for a player to slot into your, your D3, probably, you've probably got someone there that can just score your consistent points and you don't have to worry about 
Whether you start with Urs probably depends on your structure, but definitely someone you'd consider later on to, to upgrade your rookies to. Yeah, I think I see uh, B. Jacobson a bit like I saw Kathy Spark last year, which is bring her in towards the end of the season when there's a particularly advantageous game. And as a result, you can really capitalise on, on an easy matchup or a high-scoring matchup. I don't think she's going to be in my side round one, and I'm probably not going to be loading up on St Kilda players, but just a name to keep in mind going forward. Yeah, absolutely. And I highlighted her consistency, but to, to finish the year with a 61, 62, 68, that's the sort of thing that coming into the end of the year when you need players to not be pulling out those terrible scores, that's the sort of stuff that you'd love from your, your lower level defenders once you've upgraded. So definitely want to, to think about, if not at the start of the year, to bring in later on. And to that end, though, it's almost unfortunate that she's so consistent because she probably won't dip in value later in the year. Because for those who are you know newer to the fantasy game, there's kind of like two ways to think about someone's price stat score. If they're coming into your round one side, you need to be thinking about all of the low scores that were baked into that price stat point from last year. But if it's someone that you see as an upgrade target only, you need to be thinking about what bad scores have they had this year in the hope that a couple of weeks after when they've dropped in value, you can bring them into your side. Someone like B Jacobson is almost hampered by her own consistency, probably won't hit massive scores, but then probably won't hit, you know, the twenties or thirties that you go, Oh, perfect. Two weeks from now, she's in my side. She's going to be super low in value. So moving on to the midfield and the midfield for St. Kilda is really, really interesting actually. So we've talked a bit about Patrikios. Who else is in there that, that you're interested in? Last year, Tani White and Olivia Vesely, that was a, a decision that we were really umming and ahhing over for the same for the same reason we are now, because there's midfield minutes up for grab at St Kilda. Last year, as it turns out, there was a third option, which was the correct one, and that's TLR, Tilly Lucas-Rod. But unfortunately, she's now at Hawthorne, and so it might just be a case of waiting and seeing what their midfield makeup looks like, because I actually think that the midfielder you want is Hannah Priest. Mm. If she's coming in as a defender, she's ripe for the taking. And then I also think that as much as we're not trying to pump someone up who's just been on as an interview, but Tani White came in as a midfielder, having played there for the first time at an AFLW level, probably will look better in her second year as a full-time mid. Completely agree. Like just having that continuity in the role, you, you look at that and say, for a player at her age scoring 77, there's a real real potential to push up into that 80 category and really nail down that genuine fantasy relevance, I suppose. And I think the other thing as well, and we, we heard it a little bit when we were talking with Gabby Seymour at Richmond, I think the thing that comes with having played more time in a specific role is not so much that they get better at it, it's just that they become more consistent in that position. So I think someone like Tani White will probably become a more consistent player because we saw some of the really high-end games, like her round one game last year against Richmond, where she absolutely blew it out of the park. But then towards the end of the season was kind of dropping off and hitting those 50s and 60s. I think it's one to watch and probably will be an upgrade target throughout the year if we continue to see that consistent like 80 score. We just want to quickly touch on Livia Vesely. She had a really bad calf injury in the, the 2021 season. So she was really underpriced coming into the last season six after a best and fairest winning campaign as well in that 2021 season, which was her first season at the level average 64. So we thought there was a bit of value there, but unfortunately another injury affected campaign meant that she didn't 
quite reach those heights. And so we didn't quite make that right one. I'm going to throw another name at you. And this one that is very interesting from, from a fantasy perspective, but also how it changes the side. And that's Tyanna Smith. Because Ty Smith, genuine best 21 player, one of their gun young midfielders. We haven't put her in our best 21 because she won't be there till probably later in the season. But once she gets back, what do you think of her as an option? How will that change that midfield? Ty Smith is one of those players that, from a fantasy perspective, it would almost be better if she didn't play this year. Mm, absolutely. This season. Because she, much like Georgia Petrikios, will come in with a massive discount and is just an incredibly fantasy-relevant player. In games where she was not injury-affected, going throughout the season, she had 80, 73, 75, 76, 110. But by coming in later in the year it might be a case that she'll probably throw off the CBA balance at St Kilda and then we'll probably neuter her price for next season when she comes in off a full preseason. Yeah. To me, to me, she's very much in the Mimi Hill category where as soon as she comes in, you're going to be taking absolute note and wanting to get her in because her ability to score well is, is just incredible, but you're right. Her ability to tackle is insane. 13 tackles, 9 tackles, 14 tackles, 12 tackles in her first season at AFLW level. That is ridiculous. She's going to come at a a massive discount this year regardless, but you're right. It it would be so much better to have her for a full season next season and just be able to pick her with that discount and just slaughter in. Fantastic. For St Kilda, though, she is a massive win. If she can come into the side, she will be an elite player and someone that they will want to get back as quickly as possible. As soon as she comes in, just enjoy her playing her footy. And just before we move off the midfielders, it was a name that came up in the interview. Uh, is Hannah Stewart, who was an elite VFLW scorer and the best player in a grand final losing side for the Southern Saints. She's someone who can score in the upper 100s at a VFLW level. If she's getting consistent game time, and minutes, one to consider for your kind of M4 role. I think it comes with the advantage of being a more mature player, more mature body in the same way that last year we targeted Megan Kylie from Richmond for the same reason. If she's playing consistent minutes this year, probably one that you need to consider bringing to your round one side. Absolutely, especially at that bottom price as a, as a draftee. So her ability to win that ball inside is something that will be quite interesting to see if they do use that early on. Yeah, if she's, if she's playing as a midfielder at St Kilda this year, or even if she's just getting you know fringe CBAs and midfield minutes, still going to be one of the better scorers at a position. I think the only flag, and, and I think this flag goes across everyone who played a VFLW season last year or last season, they're probably going to be at a risk of being rested as a result of having just come off you know, a 10-game season in the VFLW. And Tani also said that that meant that she had a bit of a staggered preseason, less of the preseason, so mightn't be as ready to go round one. Bit of a red flag, but definitely worth watching. So we'll move on to the forward line now. And there's a few players up forward that are interesting, maybe less from a fantasy perspective, but there's a big focus on them kicking goals this season because they really struggled. So I think Nicola Zenos, if she's running through the midfield, she's one of those super classy players that you just want to be watching. Yeah, Nick, Nikki Zenos was the one I was going to throw up and say she is probably the most fantasy relevant of the lot. Should hopefully be listed as as a forward this season, but did play a lot of midfield time. So 
that's a bit of a watch and wait to see where she actually gets named. But if she is named as a forward, absolutely could be anything. Only a 37 average last season, but kicks six goals. So they're leading goal scorer. And if she does take over that midfield role, she was drafted high up as a midfielder. There's potentially a player that could go from a 37 average up to around 60. And that's fantastic. 60, a 60 averaging player. Like if you could pretty much double your fantasy average, that's excellent. That's just part of what comes with additional midfield time. You're just around the ball more, more tackles, more contests, more cheap hand passes. One to watch in the preseason. And if she's not in your round one side, probably an upgrade target when you're getting to about round three and some of your rookies have made some money and you're trying to flick it around so you have fewer rookies on field. Nikki Zernos is prime. Especially as a forward. If, if she's listed as a midfielder, might just be a stepping stone player. But as a forward, she could go from being that 37 average player to one of the top forwards going around. So keep an eye on her. See how she goes in the uh, the preseason against Brisbane as well. Who else up forward do you reckon's interesting? If if not from a fantasy perspective, but just from a who's going to kick some goals? I think Caitlin Greiser is the, the player that you're wanting me to talk about here because I think that she's someone that really burst onto the scene and was a dominant forward in her first two seasons at St Kilda and kind of struggled last year to really capitalise on that dominance she had in her first couple of years. Definitely someone that you would look to as if St Kilda are going to improve this year, it's probably on the back of someone like Greiser kicking bags of goals. The G-Train is a, an excellent player is someone that can truly dominate a game. Yeah. And if she's improved this year or does a little bit better with the additional attention she got in season six, if St Kilda improves, she's the target. Yeah, I, I agree with that. So she kicked nine goals and 10 goals in her first two seasons, including that leading goal kicker award in her debut season, which is super impressive, but only four goals in season six. So definite scope for improvement. A career high average of only 48. So maybe not super fantasy relevant, but she's the sort of player that if she improves, might improve the the way other players are playing. Players like Nikki Zenos, who doesn't need to be up forward to kick those goals, can run through that midfield. A linchpin structurally that if St Kilda were to improve, it will be as a result of really nailing some of those key position players. And I think Caitlin Greiser is the number one candidate. And I think Tani, Tani made the same point, which is she's really just having to get used to that position in that role it's something that she can definitely improve on in season seven yeah so i guess the only other one who is probably somewhat relevant and definitely relevant from a structural point of view is nikki stevens former all australian halfback in her first season but has played almost entirely as a forward in her time at carlton do you reckon there's a player there that could be fantasy relevant or is it more just she's going to be possibly one that will help greiser out to to kick those goals. Like I see Nikki Stevens, who was a leading goal scorer at Carlton last year, which was definitely a surprise given that Carlton also has Darcy Vessio. She's someone, and Tani mentioned it, who can play any number of roles. It could be a you know key position player as a small forward, as a half forward. In terms of winning more games, it's someone like Nikki Stevens who can consistently hit a goal a week that probably really helps them to hit those game-winning scores, which was a, which was a struggle for Sakilda last year. Yeah, for sure. And, and Nikki Stevens, really crafty and footy smart player. And those are the sorts of players that you need at your club to not just help out from a personal perspective, but also just boost their teammates around them. So I think that Stevens and Greiser could form a really important partnership up forward 
maybe less fantasy relevant for us here, but in terms of just how St Kilda go this year, those two will be absolutely key to how their fortunes pan out. So I guess the last thing we need to talk about is that ruck lineup. Leah Cutting, going to miss the season with an ACL injury, but they've brought in Erin McKinnon, All-Australian in 2018 as a 20-year-old. She's always been a really strong hit-out player, but do you reckon she's got enough around the ground to make her a fantasy-relevant player? Unfortunately not. And I think that that just about deals with a player who's a superstar as a tap-ruck player and will definitely, as we discussed with Tani, impact the way they structure their midfield and will probably lead to more fantasy-relevant midfielders. Unfortunately, though, probably not going to be someone that you target as a fantasy player. It was quite funny, actually, because going into to this season, her move to St Kilda was when I was like, oh, former All-Australian, Ruck, she's been probably a bit down on form. Let's have a look and see. She might be a really good cheap-priced option. Other than the 86 that she scored against the Ruckless Geelong in the final round last season, very much struggled to pass that 50 mark. So, as we say, fantastic with the hit-outs. Really, really going to help improve that St Kilda midfield, but just probably doesn't get enough around the ground to be a, a fantasy-relevant player. Sounds like the directive from the coaches are more attacking running off the stoppages as a result of having an elite tap ruck. That's probably going to translate to higher scoring from fantasy and a real game perspective that comes with knowing exactly where the ball is going to be. That's going to be super interesting to watch, not even just from a fantasy perspective, like watching St Kilda improve as a midfield and as a scoring side it's going to be very, very interesting, but it's almost entirely on the back of a new ruck. Just speaking of those, that quicker game style, the, the press of scoring, I suppose I'm, I'm going to leave you with two other names, which are two new recruits from very different areas. So the first one we talked about is Janome Anderson, super exciting player, got highlights that players dream of from her, from her junior days. Still only 17, and Tani has said that may, as a result, not play early on. Do you think she'll play early? And if she doesn't play early, is she someone to target? I see her a little bit like a Keely Shearer from Carlton last year, someone who comes into the side mid-year and you pick her up as a downgrade target from the rookies that you've had in your round one side and then that probably sits on the bench and generates cash. Because by the sounds of it, when she does play, she will be an integral part of St Kilda's game plan. Yeah. But I do worry that she might be a bit like a a Zimmy Farquharson where super exciting player and whatever she does is is electric but just doesn't quite have that ball winning ability necessarily to be a fantasy player you say that though but zimmy farquison was someone that we all bought in as a downgrade target in the same way that we have we would target janome anderson for the same reason she probably is going to hit those 30s to 40s but once she makes the team it sounds like she's going to be in there, ingrained, not leaving. 40 points is massive. If you have a late out, that is vital, particularly when we have lockouts. Lockout, first game of the round, you need someone who's going to play each week, who's sitting on your bench. She will be cheap. She will get consistent game time. And if she can kick a couple of goals, that's super important. A playing rookie, even if they're not scoring fantastic, is better than a non-playing rookie. So a, a talented player of her level is definitely one to target. The other player that I want to bring up is Grace Kelly coming over from West Coast. Never been a huge scorer, but does have the opportunity to make that wing her own. If she does become an integral part of that run and carry game style that Tani has talked a bit about, can you see her being a player that really boosts that average and maybe might be a sneaky pick, especially if she does get listed as like a forward? 
Yeah, if Grace Kelly gets listed as a forward or a defender, because you kind of really switched those lines, always being a wing, like space player, she's someone we've seen go at 60s over three, four-week periods in previous seasons. If she can really nail that, then might be someone to look at. In the same way that we looked at Eloise Jones, who really upped her fantasy scoring last year, once she got some really consistent game time as a link in the chain of halfback, we do have the benefit that she was listed. She's been listed in the forward line when she was playing at West Coast nearly every single week. So there is definitely scope for her to be named as a or forward. Getting in that wing role would be a really interesting one. So we've said it so much, but watch and wait, see what the role is. And if she does come out early, she probably won't be that highly priced. So could be a, a good early upgrade. If she can go from a 31, which is what she'll be priced at this year, up to a 50 55, that's still a near 100% increase based on what she did last year. And that probably just comes from being in a consistent role in a side that probably is going to improve in 2022. She was listed as a forward for season six as well. So if that does continue, if she can push that average, as you say, in season seven, you might have a real bargain there. The likelihood there's probably going to be maybe one to two players to own from St Kilda because we keep talking about this player will have an increase, this player will have an increase. Only so many players can increase their fantasy scoring in one season. And it's just one of those unfortunate sides where it's like there are so many fantasy relevant people, but in the end, you'll probably only own two. It's so hard to pick out these roles, especially in a team that's gone through a bit of a bit of transition. Just before we finish up on some fantasy relevant players, Simone Nadler came in as a VFLW ruck from the Bombers. And she's now the replacement player for Leah Cutting. Can massively dominate the hitouts. Averaged, I think, near 40 hitouts a game in the VFLW. And is going to be rookie priced. In the back of your head, Simone Nadler, someone to watch. Rookie downgrades was a really tough thing to do last season. So if you get a playing rookie ruck that comes in mid-season, they are really, really valuable. So definitely want to put in the back of your mind. We might leave it there. Uh, it's been a very helpful and non-helpful St Kilda episode with a lot of players to watch and wait on. That's been the St Kilda Saints. We'll be, so we have our West Coast episode next up in our 18 teams in 18 days. Another exciting interview there. Keep your, your ears and your eyes out for that one. I've been Will and you can find me on Instagram at Will H underscore VR. And you can find me on Twitter at LMTom1. You can find us wherever you find your podcasts. And you can also find us on socials at FreeKickWPod. Thank you very much for listening. And we'll catch you next time. See ya.